at the church. Would you raise your hand? I know there's a few people here. Thank you guys for joining us. Praise God. I know there's a few visitors. God bless you, sister. Thank you for joining us. In Jesus' name. Last week, we had such a wonderful time at the park. Uh, we had our first outing as the Church of Pico Rivera. And man, we had a blast, man. We had such a blast. I'm thankful for the church. I had such a good time. I got smoked in, uh, in volleyball. I got smoked in baseball. And it was all because Brother Ed, that man was out. He was out of vengeance, man. He was he was treating me like, he's like, we're friends outside of the court, but we're, we're on the court. Nah, he didn't say that, but, but we had such a good time. Amen so much. And we're looking forward to more events as the church. And men, be ready because we're going to be doing our prayer Bible study. And we're going to get together like men. And we're going to feast like men. But we're going to pray like men above all things. Amen. We're going to get together and let the Lord be God. And uh, we're going to get together. That is the 23rd. So let's remember that in Jesus' name. And again, we're going to be transferring our services back into the building. Well, not back, but actually in the building on Sundays. And uh, we're actually looking for a location that we can call our own. I know we're renting from another building and we're, we're, they're accommodating as best as possible. But as you know, Sundays are a prime time. I mean, if you want to get that morning slide, you got to be a member of that church. And we don't own our own building. So we're praying that God would send us to find our own location so that we can have church. We can have air conditioning. Somebody say amen. Amen. And we're going to have a good time in the Lord in Jesus' name. But we're asking that God would help us look for that place. And uh, that, would, that would be soon, not later, soon. Sooner than later, in Jesus' name. Amen. I'm missing something else. I'm missing something. My wife told me at the beginning. Ladies' prayer. I can't remember. What's that? Ladies', Ladies prayer. prayer. This Friday. And that's house. this Friday. Listen, Sister Lisa is a prayer warrior. That woman knows how to pray and get a hold of God. She also knows how to get a hold of demons and <laughs> she knows how to do it, praise God. She's been doing it now. If you don't know, and that most of you don't know, but she comes from good lineage, good stock. Her mama was a prayer warrior. That woman. When I was backsliding in my days, that woman found me where I was. Trust me, when she laid her hands on me, God began to move on me and begin to touch my life. And I'm thankful that it, it also is in use to Lisa. So women, if you're looking to get deeper into prayer, to know the things of the Spirit, trust me, you want to join that prayer meeting. It's going to be prayer at a whole new level. If you're wanting to get closer to God through prayer, please see Sister Lisa after service, and she'll give you all the details in Jesus' name. And all the ladies say amen. Amen. <laughs> Praise God. If you're ready, I'm going to be preaching from Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14. And I am in trouble because this wind is killing me. All right. Matthew chapter 14, beginning with verse 1. And I'll be reading a lengthy portion of scripture, but if you can follow me. It says, At that time, Herod the patriarch heard the fame of Jesus and said unto his servants, This is John the Baptist. He is risen from the dead. Therefore, mighty works do show forth themselves in him. For Herod had laid hold on John and bound him and put him in prison for Herodias' sake his brother Philip's wife. For John said unto him, It is not lawful for thee to have her. And when he would have put him to death, he feared the multitude, because they counted him as a prophet. 
And when Herod's birthday was kept, the daughter of Herodias danced before them, and he pleased Herod, or she pleased Herod. Whereupon he promised an oath to give her whatsoever she would ask. And she, being beforehand, instructed her of her mother, saying, Give her, or give me here John the Baptist's head in a charger. And the king was sorry, nevertheless, for the oath's sake, he went unto them and sat at him at meat, and he commanded it to be given her. And he sent and beheaded John in the prison, and his head was brought in a charger and given to the damsel, and she brought it to her mother. And his disciples came and took up the body and buried it, and went and told Jesus. Now here's where I'm going to be preaching from. When Jesus heard of it, he departed thence by ship into a desert place. Everyone say a desert place. Apart when the people had heard thereof, they followed him on foot out of the cities. And when Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude and was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sin. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him saying, this is a desert place and the time is now past. Send the multitude away that they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals. But Jesus said unto them, they need not to depart, give them to eat. And they said unto him, wait, we have here five loaves and two fishes. He said, bring them hither unto me. And he commanded the multitudes to sit down on the grass. Now they're in a the desert place and they're sitting on grass. And thank God for a miracle. He took the five loaves and the two fishes and looking upon heaven, he blessed it. Everyone say bless. He break it. Everyone say break. And he gave it. Everyone say gave. The loaves to his disciples and the disciples to the multitude. And they did all eat and were filled. And they took up the fragments that remained, 12 baskets full. Would you lift up your hands, Father? I pray that today, Jesus, that you would allow us to have open ears today, God. Help us to receive the word with gladness in our hearts. And I pray, God, that you would allow us to hear the word of the Lord as it's being preached today, Jesus. That your glory would be lifted up, God. And that your name would be lifted up above all names. Father, we give you all the praise and all the honor and all the glory. And somebody say, in Jesus' name, amen, amen. I want to talk to you about the story of John the Baptist, how he was killed by King Herod. Herod didn't want to get rid of John because he knew that it wouldn't please the people. But his daughter, or Philip's wife, his daughter, began to dance and do this weird chant and asked Herod, or Herod asked her, what is it that you would want from me and that I will give it to you? The Bible says that after they've been partying and having a good time, the daughter was dancing, and she requested the head of John. And because the king had made an oath unto her, he says, for the oath's sake, I'm going to give you the head of John even though I didn't want to do it. And the king was sorry, but nevertheless, the oath sake, he took the head of John and put it in, and put it on a plate, praise God, and, and gave it as requested. But I want to point out that Jesus, the cousin of John, when he heard it, he was very sore, displeased. He was in a mode of, of turmoil and hurt and frustrations. How many of you have ever been frustrated and hurt and gone through some things that somebody had did to you or to somebody that you know that you love 
and all of a sudden you want to find yourself distant from everyone else to give yourself some time to deal with the troubles that you have faced. And Jesus is a human at this point, and he found himself with a lot of hurt and a lot of frustrations just like you and I would have. But he found himself going to a desert place, and that kind of baffles me, that Jesus would go to a desert place to find himself dealing with the problem. I don't know about you, but when I'm dealing with life's problems, I'm trying to go to the Caribbean. I'm trying to go to Hawaii. I'm trying to go to Alaska and get far away from everyone so that I can have time for myself. Somebody knows what I'm saying. You might find relief from going to the gym. You might find relief by doing yoga. I don't know. You might find relief by doing something, playing a sport or doing something. But Jesus found himself saying, I want to go to a desert place. Yeah, that would be great. He found himself going to a desert place. Can't wait till we get in the building, man. Praise God. Thank you for the win. I'm not complaining. But he found himself in a desert place. Above every place that he could have went. He went to a desert place so that he can mourn his cousin after he had died. He got away from everybody so that he can deal with the troubles that he had faced. And yet when Jesus, even Jesus, he teaches us a great lesson that even when he was mourning and wanted to find time for himself, the Bible says in uh, verse 14, it says, And then Jesus went forth and saw a great multitude, and he was moved with compassion toward them, and he healed their sick. I am so thankful that even Jesus himself, when he had time to mourn for the death of John, he says, even though I have problems myself, I have compassion on those that are following after me. So that means Jesus got the attention off of himself and began to put it on other people. Somebody say amen. Amen. And thank God that he set the precedence for us that when you're going through trials and you're going through troubles, if you would put your attention on somebody else, your problems become real small. Your problems become real minute. Thank God that when you put your face towards other people, God begins to take care of your troubles. It's when we get secluded and we find ourselves mourning and licking our wounds that we are in an imprisonment of loneliness and depression. We find ourselves locked away from society and locked away from those that we love. But Jesus shows us, even when you're hurting, even when you're lonely, even when you're going through a rough one, put your attention on somebody else. Love somebody else. Give them your attention. Minister to somebody that's going through what you're going through. And I promise your problems become real small in the name of Jesus. Can you thank God that God knows how to shrink your problems when you begin to minister to somebody else? Praise God. He had compassion toward the others. And he healed their sick. And when it was evening, his disciples came to him. And he's saying, Lord, this is a desert place. It's hot. It's dry. It's sandy. I got sand in my boots, Jesus. You got people that are freeloading off of you, God. You need time to mourn, Jesus. You need alone time. You need you time. You need to kick everyone out of your life, Jesus, and and you get you some you time. How many of you guys know what I'm talking about? I know. 
I know I'm preaching to humans here, praise God. We all want our alone time. We all want to be able to say, give me 10 to 15 minutes by myself for the love of goodness. Leave me alone. We all been there. I've been there. But Jesus is also there. And his disciples are saying, this is a desert place. The time is now past. Send the multitude away, Jesus. Get them off your back. Get them away from you. That they may go into the village and buy themselves victuals. And Jesus said, they don't need to depart. Give them to eat. He's saying, why in the world would you turn away anybody that's hungry? Why would you turn away anybody that's in need of what you've got? Why would you ever put the attention on yourself and seclude everybody when you've got the goods, you've got the answers, you've got Jesus Christ hanging with you? Come on, somebody. And if Jesus can, can, can tell his disciples, why would you send them away? Then I'm going to look to the church to this, today and say, why would we ever send somebody away from the church? Why would we ever detour anybody? I don't care how they smell. I don't care how they look. I don't care what lifestyle they came from. They can come straight from gangbanging. They can come from a dope fiend lifestyle. They can come from whoremonging. We will never depart or push anybody away from the church. Somebody say amen. Because such were some of you. And thank God that he opened up the doors to salvation. Where we all came to God with boldness in our life to give God praise. And there were people that loved on us and invited us and brought us into the house. Where we can eat what God gives us. Praise God. And that's why I'm so thankful to be at this park. Well, we, we've had crowds come in. Last week we had a whole dance crew come from their cha-cha dance. And they join us and say, praise God. We're like, hey, we dance over here too, praise God. Welcome to the church. We're not boring. We love God. We invite anybody to the house of the Lord. Because people are starving for Jesus Christ. People are hungry for righteousness. People are hungry for the goods and they're not going to find it in psychiatry or drugs or parties. They're going to find it in Jesus Christ. They're going to find it in the church. They're going to find it with the open hands of people that are serving their community and serving people what you got. So Jesus says they don't need to depart. Give them something to eat. And they said unto him, we have here but five loaves and two fishes. In other words, they're saying, Jesus, have you not seen the crowds? There are thousands of people here, Jesus. We only got a little bit of lunch for ourselves. God forbid that the church ever gets that mentality where it's just about us and our group and our people. And we only have enough Jesus so that we can we can feed each other red meat all day long. And Jesus says, man, give me what you got. Because everybody out there needs what you have. And I can take the little bit that you got and reach the masses. I can reach the thousands off of a little church in the church of Pico Rivera. God can advance the kingdom of God. And God's going to use you and God's going to use me. Somebody lift up their hands and say, thank you, Jesus. He's going to use us to advance the kingdom of God. They don't need to depart. They don't need to look anywhere else when they can find it here in the name of Jesus. So they limited him. 
by saying we only have five fish or five loaves and two fish. And Jesus says, bring them hither to me. Bring what you got into the hands of Jesus and watch God multiply that thing and blow your minds. Watch God take the little bit of effort that you give and multiply and make it a miracle. Watch God make an embark in the city of Pico Rivera when there's just a few of us, when there's thousands all over this city that's going to get reached, the gospel of Jesus Christ. You watch what God can do with just a little bit. You've already seen it with your own eyes. You've been witnessing it with your own eyes, the power of his name, the power of the gospel. The power of just a few fish and a five loaves because God is going to advance the kingdom because they're coming hungry. And Jesus said, blessed are they that thirst and hunger after righteousness for they shall be filled. And so he commanded the disciples. He says, go sit them down on the grass. They're in the desert. You don't find grass in the desert. Jesus says, I'm going to put your little hot tissues on some grass because it's hot out here. Because God cares about the people. I know it's a small point to make, but it's a point to make nonetheless. That God began to raise up just a little bit of grass, a little bit of life in the desert place where some would say it's just dry and dull, no water. But God says, I can bring grass where it's dead. I can bring life where it looks lifeless. I can bring something in the middle of your desert. I can bring life in the middle of your desert because Jesus is the God of miracles. Jesus is the God of miracles in Jesus' name. Praise God. Because God knows how to use just a little bit. And feed the masses. But he tells the disciples. He says go out and sit them in fifties and a hundred. Jesus is getting them involved in the miracle. Because God is saying something in principle. He's saying now I can do the miracle all by myself. Because that's what Jesus can do. He can do anything he wants. When he wants. How he wants. Because he's God. But the Lord is giving us a lesson in this word. By saying I can do it by myself. But I want to include you in the miracle. I want to include your hands and your feet and your mouth in the miracle. So why don't you do me a favor? Go out and count them by fifties and hundreds and sit them down. Yeah, yeah, help me out with the miracle. There's thousands of people. I could see the disciples being very frustrated, saying, Jesus, there's a lot of people here, man. But nevertheless, at your word, one, two, three, four, five, on and so forth. Sit down. How many of you guys have ever played pickup game where there's like 30 people on the wall and then you go one, two, one, two, and you're splitting the team up, right? You guys know what I'm talking about. One. By the time you're halfway through, you forget who's one and who's two. You're like, look, you go over there and you go over there. You kind of just cheat the system. And you feel like it's, it's even, it's good. But these guys had to count them by 50s and 100s in groups and sit them down. It probably took an hour plus just to get them separated. But Jesus was saying, you do your part and get ready for me to do my part. You do the long and hard work and it might seem a little frustrating, but just trust me. Be obedient to the word of the Lord. And when you are obedient on your side, God says, I'm getting ready to blow your minds. I'm getting ready to show you things that you've never seen before. Because he's the God of miracles and the God of signs and the God of wonders. But we have to do our part 
in order for God to do his part. Obedience to the word of the Lord. And so they sat them down by fifties and a hundred. And then Jesus took the five loaves and the two fish and he did something very special. Now then before I tell you what he did here, Jesus tells us that he is the bread of life. His life is a replica of bread. And I know that kind of, he's not like a big old panduce walking around. Okay? When you take communion, you're not really literally eating the body of Christ. It is in remembrance of what he did for you for his body. But Jesus says, I am the bread. Everyone say the bread. The bread, the bread of life. It was the main dish in the Old Testament. They would break bread and share amongst each other. They would eat meat too, but they would eat bread as one of the main dishes. Nowadays, you go to a restaurant, the bread is like the appetizer. We kind of treat it as whatever. I'm not going to eat the bread. And, and we tend to cheat, treat Jesus like that sometimes. Like, eh, I'll have him when I want him. I'll kind of just, you know, he's kind of the appetizer. No, 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 baby. He is the main dish. Jesus says, I am the bread, and no man shall live by that bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. We cannot live without the bread in our lives. But here's the kicker. 1 Corinthians 10, 17. It says, for we are all one bread and are all partakers of that one body. Meaning that we are now referred to as the body of Christ. We are the same piece to the bread of Jesus Christ. So we are all one bread. So now we're being referred to as bread. Now look at what Jesus says here. Remember everything I just told you. And so Jesus takes the bread. He lifts it up to heaven. And he blesses it. And man, we're living in a day today where people want to stay right there. They want to live in that blessed life. They want to live in that highly favor of the Lord. Praise God. You know, I got a lot of money in my account. I got dubs on my tires, man. I got wheels for days. I got houses and mansions and I got, you know, we living in a modern day society where church is about blessing. What God can do for me. That is not the will of God for us to stay in the blessing. Somebody say amen. amen. Where it's not just what God can pour into your life, but what can God pour into your life so that you can pour into others' lives. So that what God can do for you so that you can do for somebody else. How God can heal you so you can lay hands on somebody else that's sick and needing healing. Somebody say amen. amen. So Jesus blessed the bread as he would the people of God. He blesses you. But don't stay there. Because the next stage of that bread in the hands of Jesus is he blessed it. But then he broke it. Broke it. Yes. And this is where people begin to run from God. Must be broken to serve. Exactly. Because when it comes time to serving, when it comes time to giving, you're going to go through a whole lot of brokenness. Breaking of the flesh. Somebody say the flesh. Breaking down of your desires and your ways and your habits and who you are. Because when you're in the hands of God, God's going to begin to crush the flesh and begin to pull out the fruit of the Spirit. Because when you're in the hands of God, it's not about staying in the blessing, 
but it's all in the breaking where God begins to take away the things of your life that don't belong there, where God begins to shape you and mold you and guide you and lead you and God begins to transform you by the renewing of your mind. It's in the brokenness where God wants to have you. But not just so you can be crushed. So you can say, oh, I'm nothing. I'm absolutely nothing. I'm worthless. Jesus says, no, absolutely not. As a matter of fact, I broke it down so that I can multiply you. So that I can bless, break, and then give. I've got to give you to this world that is hungry. Like the masses came to Jesus in the desert place. Jesus said, don't send them away. Give them what you've got. And so Jesus said, your life is like the bread in the hands of God. He's going to bless you. He's going to break you. And then he's going to multiply you. Somebody say amen. amen. He wants to use your life. He wants to use your testimony. He wants to use what you've been through so that other people can enjoy that precious Jesus that you've got. And I'm not trying to put nobody on blast. But ladies, you heard a powerful testimony yesterday. Somebody say amen. All I heard was great things about how God has done some amazing things for you, Aunt Tammy. I know it took a lot for you to do it, but the fact that you had boldness in your life, that God crushed everything down in your life, so for the purposes of so that you can share with other people that are going through what you've been through, and God is now using you to be a blessing to other people. Now people know that there are real life situations, that there's real life trials, that there's real life things that God can pull me out of. Why? Because he did it for you. Come on, somebody. You want to know why I know God can save you from drugs? Because he did it for me. You want to know how I know God can save you from yourself? Because he did it for me. God can save you because there's testimonies all around us. Clap your hands and give God praise. Lord, we thank you for what you've done in our lives so that we can preach to other people what you can do in their lives in the name of Jesus. I want you to think about the life of Jesus. He was one man. He was blessed, the Holy One of Israel. Blessed. He could have did anything he wanted. But he came to give his life and his life was broken so that our lives can be healed. And the Bible says that he had to endure the cross so that we can have precious salvation. And just when it looked like defeat in the life of Jesus, it was an actual punch to the devil's eye. It was a punch to the enemy of his soul because when the devil thought he had finished the work by killing Jesus on the cross, all it did was make room for Jesus to multiply himself. Because once Jesus hung on the cross and he died, he resurrected from the dead. And then he began to baptize us with his precious spirit. Now Jesus is not one man walking on the earth. Now he has filled our lives with his spirit. Now Jesus has multiplied himself through the church of the living God. That's why we are a part of something that is indestructible. We are a part of something that is the body of Jesus Christ. And I'm telling you, this world needs what we've got. This world needs what we have. 
People are going to look to the church and say, what do you got? We're going to say, we've got Jesus Christ. We've got the goods. We've got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. We've got the goods. We've got enough bread in the house so that we can feed the multitudes. We've got enough miracles in the house where God can do something for your life. Now I'm preaching to the church. And I'm telling you, I'm looking at a bunch of people that are going through every different types of situation. I'm telling you, whatever you need from God, it can happen for you today. It doesn't have to wait till next week or next month. God can give you a miracle today. God can give you a breakthrough today. Old habits can be wiped away. Old stains and old sins can be wiped away. Come on, somebody. God can do for you what you need from Him today. And I'm thankful for young men that come across this field right here. Thank you for joining us, bro. In Jesus' name. God's going to do for something for you today in Jesus' name. I just believe that God can do it. And God really moved upon my heart to let me know. Let the church know that it's not going to be about you. I'm not going to just bless you for your sake. I'm going to bless you so that you can give because it's more blessed to give than it is to receive. Always remember this, church. If you ever learn anything from this pastor, it's whatever God gives to you. To much is given, much is required. Whatever God has given you, you have to be able to give the opportunity for somebody to enjoy that love that you received when you came to the church, when you were restored and you were baptized and you were filled with the Holy Ghost. Don't forget that there's somebody next to you that is broken, somebody is hurting, somebody is going through something, and we have to wrap our loving arms around them and say, don't worry, we're here with you. You're not by yourself. We're not going to send you away. We're going to give you the love of Jesus Christ. Somebody clap their hands and give God praise. I just love, can we all stand? I'm just thankful that God gives us a clear picture of what the church's assignment is. When he saw the multitudes follow him by the thousands wondering, can we have what you have? This world is, I'm telling you, there's so much evil and so many things in this world where people are just like, I don't even know what to believe no more. And I'm trying to drive this into the church through the Holy Ghost to let you know that we have to be the hands of Jesus. We have to be His feet. We have to be the messengers of the cross. We have to preach this precious gospel so that people can come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ to receive this salvation. And when we see them out there looking in, like, like Brother Rick is doing, come on in. Come on in. There's good in the house. Jesus is in the house. You can have a miracle. You can have something from God. He's here. He's here. I'm not going to send you away. Not without giving you something to go home with. You're hungry? Here's some food. Man, let me tell you a little testimony about Rick. Has it been a year yet? Rick? been a year, right? Yeah. Yeah. Look at that man. He did not look anywhere near the way he looked <laughs> when he first came to the church. He's about 150 pounds more than... Wait, maybe not that big? Uh, maybe a buck. A buck. But I'm going to be real. Is it cool if I share a little bit? 
Amen. He came, sucked up, didn't even know how to comb his hair. <laughs> he came to the house, and we were having Bible studies. The man didn't even want to be there. Well, my wife's cooking will keep anybody at the house. <laughs> Especially somebody that weighed about 120 pounds. He's like, I'll eat a little something. And a little bit he did eat. As soon as he was done eating, he said, peace. God. He said, no worries, bro. Thanks for coming. Love you. Give him a, a, a fat hug that I wrapped my arms twice around. <laughs> I him around twice. But don't forget to come back next week. And the man came back next week. And he ate dinner. He said, peace, gone. Love you, brother. Don't worry about it. I'm glad you're here. No judging. And then the next week, he said, you know what? I'm going to stay a little bit. He listened to a little bit of the Bible study. And then he left early. Enough time for he to skirt out so I couldn't talk too much to him. <laughs> Following week, he stayed a little bit longer. And so on and so forth. And next thing you know it, he's given his life to Jesus. Next thing you know it, he's healing. Next thing you know it, he's fattening up like a fatted cat. Praise God. Next thing you know it, he combed his hair nicely. He started looking like a stud again. Next thing you know it, he got married and had a baby. Next thing you know it, he got baptized in the name of Jesus. Next thing you know it, he got filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm telling you, if you just give out what you've got, you can see the most horrific stories become some of the most beautiful stories. Because you get to see the beauty of the cross. And nobody can take the credit for it. Except Jesus Christ himself. But the miracle was this. We all got to be a part of just serving a little bit of food. Jesus knew how to get the crowds. He knew how to Throw some carne asada, praise God, and some tortillas. If Jesus was a Mexican, that's what he would be serving. <laughs> but he was serving bread and fish. There you go. And thousands of people would seem would have come just for the handouts. Jesus said, "It's all right. I'm not afraid to give out. Yes, it's more blessed to give than to receive. I'm just gonna. Yeah. Who cares? You know, I hear it too many times. You know, don't let people take advantage of you. Shut up. Let them." God will tell me when to cut strings. Give to them. Unless the brother's coming around every week like, hey, can I get a thousand dollars? Get out of here, I'm giving you nothing. I gave you a thousand last week. You didn't pay back. But if somebody ever comes to you hungry, or broken, or looking like they don't even want your attention, but they're really close enough to be like, just please come to me. Please tell me something. If you would open up your mouth and you would share a little bit of what you've got and you would begin to see the miracles happen right before your very eyes, not only will God touch their lives, but God will work on your behalf because you're doing the bidding of Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Because that's what the kingdom is. It's about being a blessing to other people. It's about blessing our fellow brothers over here that are listening on the side. 
Praise God. This is his first time, but he's family when he comes back next Sunday. Somebody say amen. And we're going to continue to pray for one another and love one another. And we're going to watch God do the miracle. We're going to watch God bring restitution and resolution to your life. We're going to see God bring reconciliation and healing. And God give you the breakthrough that you've been desiring. That's why I'm not up here telling you a bunch of rules. It's not my place. None of you guys want me to come and tell you what to do anyway. You guys want me to tell you what Jesus wants you to do. Because that's what we're looking for. He's the supreme authority in our lives. And he's, he's got so much in this book that it'll transform our lives. But the only way we can get it is by receiving it and then giving it. So we're going to pray for one another. I want you, I want you to look for somebody in the church. Find anybody. Take them up to the altars. You don't have to shout there. I know I'm a, a loud preacher. I know I get a little excited and I start sweating. You, this Three times I've gotten fans purchased for me. Praise God. They say, you look hot up there. Thank you for being kind. But you don't have to you don't have to do it like I do it. Go around and wrap them around with your loving arms. Begin to pray. God will lead you on what to pray. God will show you how to minister one to another with brotherly love. God will give you the words to speak because there's somebody that's going through some things that you couldn't even imagine. And that person probably doesn't want to open up. But if they begin to feel that love of Jesus Christ, all of a sudden, walls come down. Barriers come down. And then the love of Jesus Christ comes in. And then healing takes place. Come on, somebody. Then the power of His Spirit begins to operate in the name of Jesus. So I'm wondering right now, hands clo- our eyes closed, hands raised. Father, right now, Jesus, put in our hearts who we can go to right now and bring them up to prayer. So that we can minister one to another with the love of Jesus Christ. Help us to pray and love one another as you have loved us. So that we can have the bread operating in our lives. And giving it to somebody else that's starving for your spirit. And God, we love you with all of our heart. And as Sister Karina and Brother Josh begin to play, we're going to begin to pray in Jesus' name. Come on, let's bring somebody to the altars and begin to pray in Jesus' name. Come. Come to these altars, Father, in the name of Jesus. Minister to my